Welcome back, everyone, to the Osmo Daily Fantasy Newsroom. I am your host, Kyle Dvorak. You can find me on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. This is the show where, for one last time, as we head into week one, I will break down all of this week's news in terms of who's starting, who's sitting, and what that should do for your fantasy football team. We have players getting nicked up in practices. We have teams sending guys to IR. It is all going on heading into week one. And before we do that, I just want to remind you that if you have any final best ball drafts left, if you have any season long leagues coming up, go to osmo.com forward slash fantasy football to get access to our draft kit. A ton of awesome stuff there for just $29.95. And if you're a new user at the FFPC, you get a $35 credit. And of course, if you are ready to get into week one of DFS, osmo.com, you can find all of our awesome DFS content, and you can get all of our tools there if you're a subscriber at Osmo.com. So go and check all of that stuff out. Do me a favor and hit that up. And of course, you can get our draft kit as well at Osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football. Now let's get into the news. We have a few days of news piling up to get into, so I'll try and be brief. Just touch on the main stuff. Let's start here with Anthony Lynn says Justin Jackson will be quote fine for week one. That's Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn talking about running back Justin Jackson. It appears though there was a very strong camp battle between two talented running backs behind Austin Eckler for that number two job in LA. Jackson has two years of experience and in an offseason where rookies really didn't get many reps, that should give him the edge. But every report came out saying Joshua Kelly could be the guy that he put up a very good fight in this training camp battle. I'm not starting either of these guys in week one on my DFS or my season long teams, but they're both guys to look out for because Austin Eckler's workload last year was hemorrhaged by Melvin Gordon carries, and even Melvin Gordon targets. It was clear that despite the fact that he was the more efficient running back in all phases of the game last year, they just weren't going to give him that full workload. Maybe it's his size, or maybe it's just the style of football they want to play, but that leaves an opening for the number two job to be very fantasy viable. So for me, Justin Jackson, that experience, and running at 5.1 yards per carry throughout his career— tells me that he is both an efficient back and he's a guy who should have the upper edge in terms of starting the season with experience, but Joshua Kelly, also a guy to keep on the radar. Really, I just want access to the number two role because I think it could be fantasy viable at a very cheap cost, so keep an eye on both of these guys. Short one, not much fantasy implication. Cardinals extending DeAndre Hopkins for two years at $54.5 million. I believe this makes him the highest non-quarterback ever in terms of salary per year, a shorter deal, only two years. So it's not the total value of the contract that makes him the highest paid, but on a per year basis, they have committed to him with money. So for me, it's not like there was no rumors that he was really going to hold out. I think this doesn't change much in a season long perspective, but if you have, you know, dynasty shares of Hopkins, you are happy that he's now tied to this Kyler Murray young ascending offense, Cliff Kingsbury calling plays for me. You're happy about that. It doesn't change much though. Slightly better dynasty outlook for both him and and Murray heading into 2020. Next piece of news, Mike Tomlin on running back James Conner. No question who our bell cow is. Steelers coach Mike Tomlin says that there is no question about who our bell cow is in reference to James Conner. He's he's the guy. It is just simple at this point. They have talked all offseason about how he is the guy. And yes, they have added running backs recently, most recently with Anthony McFarland the year before with Benny Snell. But everything coming out has said that McFarland had a quiet camp that Benny Snell is a good backup, but he's also not a pass catcher, so you can't really see him eating into James Conner's three-down role in that fashion. For me, Conner was a top 10 running back when healthy two years ago on a points-per-game basis. His body appears to be ready for a week one. There's no reason, as long as he isn't healthy heading into week one, which all accounts say he is, that it is not wheels up for an RB1 season from James Conner. Next piece of news, Leonard Fournette to have a, quote, solid role in week one. 
this comes with mixed reports of Arians also saying that Ronald Jones is still the guy, that everyone else is fighting for touches behind Ronald Jones. I have no clue what to make of this backfield. In my opinion, we're going to see a perfect three-way split of LaShawn McCoy getting those valuable third down receptions and doing some pass blocking, which doesn't make an impact for fantasy, but does give him chances to get on the field more. Then you see Ronald Jones probably operating at least between the 20s, a guy who we saw looked pretty electric last year. They seem to want to get him the ball more based on some of Bruce Arian's comments, but then their actions go the other way. Their actions say they signed LaShawn McCoy. They drafted Keyshawn Vaughn. They pick up Leonard Fournette after he's cut by the Jaguars. Everything that their actions say, despite Bruce Arians saying another thing, says that they at least want to give him competition for touches. So for me, he probably gets it between the 20s, and then at his size, Leonard Fournette makes a good hammer in short short yardage and goal line. That's three ways to split a backfield. I hardly want to split my backfields two ways. Let's move on to a backfield that appears to only be split two ways. Kareem Hunt signs a two-year, $13.25 million extension with Cleveland that keeps him there for an extra two years after this season. The deal is interesting because it makes him a top 10 paid running back on a per year basis when they also have Nick Chubb, whose contract will be coming up in the next few years as well. I'm not entirely sure what they're doing. Are they just totally committing to establish the run under Kevin Stefanski? It's possible. I also do think we've seen a lot of Kareem Hunt reports saying he's lined up as a receiver, which I'm not sure how much of that we see, but I am led to believe by that that he will at least get a lot of pass catching opportunities out of the backfield. Last season, he averaged 4.6 catches per week. In the eight games he played with the team, that should only go up as he gets a full offseason under his belt. Now they've committed to him financially for the long term, or at least the intermediate term. So for me, he's a guy who, if not, you know, maybe an RB2, RB3, not incredibly value on his own right, really diminishes the projection of Nick Chubb, who now I can really not envision any way where he is a three down back. I think at some point, maybe you could have thought, well, Hunt is just there as a depth guy and a guy that we saw led the league in rushing a handful of years ago. If you can get him on a cheap deal, you get him. Now that they've committed to him long-term, I really do think this is just a 1A, 1B situation. You had to pay a first, second round turn for Nick Chubb. I think that was a mistake knowing Kareem Hunt was on the roster, and they seem to be confirming this by giving Kareem Hunt a serious extension. Lots of Brandon Cooks news here. Brandon Cooks, a quad injury. I'll try and give the rundown. I believe he misses practice on Tuesday, splits a pair of limited practices on Monday, and then again on Wednesday. Looks like a true game-time decision based on Tom Pelissero's reports. They still are optimistic, Texans are, that he will play in this Thursday night showdown, but for me, he's a guy that if you were planning on playing him for whatever reason, you have to take him out of your lineup because at best, he's going to come into this game nursing a quad injury. He already has steep competition in Will Fuller and Randall Cobb for targets, And even in Kenny Stills, these are guys who all operate in the same depth of the field. So for me, Brandon Cooks is a guy who will probably get subbed out more often than we initially expected. For a guy like Kenny Stills, they could run two tight end sets. They have multiple pass catching running backs. I just think there are so many ways for him to fail in week one, and you really shouldn't be in a position where you need to start Brandon Cooks. This also seriously bumps the Will Fuller projection. It is wheels up for Will Fuller. We saw him as not only a a playmaking receiver, but just a dominant market share receiver at Notre Dame. Coming out of college, he was a guy who was basically able to control the field with his deep ball. That was his specialty, but he did it so often. It was like peak Deshaun Jackson, where you can run your offense through Deshaun Jackson if he is absolutely cooking. And we see that in spurts with Will Fuller throughout his time with the Texans. Comes into week one healthy. As far as I'm concerned, 
He is a top 12 fantasy receiver. I think as long as he's healthy, he is going to absolutely tear it up with Deshaun Watson as his quarterback. And of course, Kansas City week one is just the ultimate smash spot for a guy like Fuller. A team is going to be catching up, needs to get Fuller involved. I think this is the best possible scenario to open the season and it is going to be wheels up for Will Fuller, at least in week one and going forward as long as he stays healthy. Next piece of news, there's a quote, a possibility that Miles Sanders' workload is managed early. Eagles coach Doug Peterson said it's a possibility that Miles Sanders' workload is managed at the start of the year. Peterson didn't definitively say he's on a snap count or anything, and by all accounts, it appears he will be ready for week one. I'm not sure how healthy, but it appears he will at least be active for week one. The only concern is that the backup runner, Boston Scott, is an elusive back. He could eat into that target share, which is one of the things we love about Sanders. So you're still starting Miles Sanders week one. It's a great matchup against a Washington defense that has made improvements in their front seven, but because they were they were losing so often and they, they couldn't sustain drives, they gave up so much playtime to their opponents. They were a team that was still 31st in DraftKings points allowed to opposing running backs. So despite, you know, beefing up that front seven a bit, they're still a great defense to play against. As a running back, Miles Sanders is a guy I want to get involved in week one. Looking next, Daryl Henderson listed ahead of Cam Akers on the depth chart, as is Malcolm Brown. We've seen a lot of this. J.D. McKissick listed ahead of Antonio Gibson, J.K. Dobbins as the RP4. These are unofficial depth charts. They they maybe mean something, but it's it's hard to pull much from them. I do think the Cam Akers listing is probably the most notable in that it's sort of believable. Malcolm Brown was used as the backup red zone back, finished second on the team last year in red zone attempts, and scored five times. He was not ineffective in that role. Daryl Henderson was drafted to play this Lance Dunbar-style role for this team. I think he still has that upside in his toolkit. He was a guy who was like 12.5, I believe, yards per target in college at Memphis. Didn't get a ton of run, but that's because he was splitting work with Tony Pollard. So I see this backfield being another one, just like the Ronald Jones backfield in Tampa Bay. Despite the fact that I project Cam Akers to lead them in carries, I don't want him on my fantasy team to start the year. I don't want Ronald Jones on my fantasy team to start the year. So for me, another backfield to avoid, or at least take the cheaper options with Moving on to maybe the biggest practice nugget of the week, Mike Evans misses practice on Wednesday. Bruce Arians called him day-to-day with a soft tissue injury. This has to be concerning for everyone but Chris Godwin, who is just having a party right now, at least his fantasy owners are, because when Mike Evans is out, Chris Godwin will become the unquestioned number one receiver on an offense led by the greatest of all time, Tom Brady. That is perfect for him, especially in the sense of we saw from Jameis Winston to Tom Brady, you go from one of the deepest A dots in the league to one of the more shallow A dots in the league. I think that benefits Chris Godwin, and now they won't even have the option to throw deep outside of a guy like Scotty Miller, who I like, a good college dominator, a great breakout age, but for me, and incredible speed, in fact, but for me, he's not obviously a Mike Evans replacement. He's the number three receiver for a reason. He'll step into that number two role. It is about to be a laser show for Chris Godwin playing in the Coors field of fantasy football at New Orleans in that Superdome. What a great fantasy environment, especially playing against an effective and efficient offense in the Drew Brees-led Saints. Chris Godwin could easily be the number one receiver of week one if Mike Evans misses time. Next piece of news, a handful of Jaguars news. Let's run through them real quick. Jaguars signing former Bucks running back Dari Agunbowale. At the same time, they put Divine Ozigbo on IR. He can come back in three weeks, but that is still three weeks without a true between-the-tackles player outside of James Robinson. 
We talked about him before, so I won't belabor the point, but James Robinson, an absolute killer at the FCS level. Final college season, 364 attempts, over 1,900 rushing yards. This was a guy that dominated his opponents in such fashion that I believe he can do the same at a higher level. At least what he did at a lower level will translate to success. I won't say necessarily the same, but it will translate to success at higher levels of football. Not necessarily a backfield you want to be targeting because they're expected to be losing a lot, but I think with a guy like Robinson, you lock up so much of the market share of carries in this backfield because they can't really give it to Chris Thompson or Dare between the tackles. These are guys who are basically just third down backs. I think their carries get bumped, but not to the extent that James Robinson becomes a clear number one between the tackles player on his team. Still, it's still the Jacksonville team. It's not like you're getting a great offensive line or good game script, but carries are carries and Robinson is going to get a lot of those a handful of more pieces of injury news. Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel do not practice on Wednesday. I would project that we probably see Debo sit out and Ayuk play, but it's it's very possible that both of these guys sit out. You're always playing George Kittle when you have him, but he's a guy that you have to consider even at his crazy price on DraftKings now that there's a possibility that they have no receiver depth. They have absolutely none. Heading into the season, you would expect their top three to be Ayuk, Samuel, and Hurd. All three could miss week one, and we know for a fact, obviously, Jalen Hurd is going to miss week one. So for me, I'm actually getting more comfortable paying up that 7200 for George Kittle in a great matchup versus, I mean, the best matchup really, versus the Arizona defense that was worst against tight ends in the league last year. That is going to do it. That is the final Osmo Daily Fantasy Football Newsroom of the summer. Now we are into week one, so go to osmo.com forward slash fantasy dash football for the draft kit, or just go to osmo.com to get access to some of the industry's best DFS tools. All of those tools are what Alex Osmo Baker, the world's number one DFS player, uses when he is building lineups and winning unruly amounts of money playing DFS. So go on over and check that out, Osmo.com. Guys, I have been your host, Kyle Dvorak. Find me on Twitter at Kyle Tweets here. Thanks for listening all summer. I'll catch you in the DFS streets.